Welcome to Love What You Do, Do What You Love podcast. I'm Celeste Wong, aka The Girl in the Cafe. I'm a cafe barista, actress, hospitality specialist turned coffee, travel and lifestyle entrepreneur. Over the years, over the counter, I've been inspired by thousands of successful, passionate and courageous people who love what they do and do what they love. In each episode, I'll bring you an inspiring person or message to help you create a life of independence and abundance, doing what you love and loving what you do. Let's get into it. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into this episode. Before I get started though, I wanted to share some exciting information from my sponsors. I only pick people who I think are awesome to bring onto this podcast, so please support these guys. Today's show is brought to you by global bag brand Eastpac. Now you guys know how I love to travel and experience new things, and Eastpac really know how to travel the world in style. I only support brands who I think are great, and Eastpac have not only seen me through my fair share of adventures around the world, but have also provided me with the opportunity to speak with four inspiring female entrepreneurs on this podcast to share their passions, learnings, and what drives them. It feels so good to be supported by a company who recognizes the importance of being a woman with a strong voice, championing independence while providing inspiration to have the confidence to do what you love, whether that be travel, business, fashion, technology, broadcasting, coffee, or in my case, all of the above. I'm a massive fan of their suitcases, but especially their bum bags because they look super cool, they're practical, and they're built to resist, just like the next few guests on my show built to resist the challenges of life, the internal dialogue, and anything else that life throws at us. Thank you Eastpac for supporting the next few women on my podcast and me so that I can do what I love. This is episode two with Sarah Akwasombi. Sarah Akwasombi is a double award winning blogger and interior stylist. After getting fired from her boring, high-pressured office job, she decided to follow her gut and take the plunge and try and get into interiors. Since then, she has assisted some of the best stylists in the industry and worked with some of UK's biggest homeware brands like M&S, Dwell, BHS, Paint by Conran and DFS. Her love for interior design has always been strong, although she didn't realize it until she purchased her first Art Deco flat with her husband and gave it a complete makeover. Documenting this, her flat was so admired by friends and followers, she endeavored to work as much as possible as an interior stylist. But as an added byproduct of this journey, she realized that others might be struggling with change of careers too. So she also started the No Bull Business School, which are online courses to help you build a kick-ass business business and brand, which is something she is equally passionate about. I'm really excited to talk to Sarah today, so let's dive in. Hi. <laughs> oh, sitting there you blushing, listening sorry. to my introduction. Was that oh, okay? It's lovely, yeah. So when did you realize that you were so into interior design? I think I'm an uber creative person like I I think you know if you ever think about things that make you just feel excited by life I would always gravitate towards things that are creative yeah so I started out um, like when I was in school I loved music and so I did that when I left school and then 
I've always really been into art and kind of just anything where I get to have an idea and then make it. Yeah. But I think that's why I like business so much as well, because I think business is really creative as well. And I think it's just that thing of like, I don't want to be told what to do. Like, I want to have an idea of something and then I want to see if I can make it happen. And that for me is like what being creative is. So I think throughout my life, that's always going to take on whatever format I feel like it taking on at the time. And I don't think you have to do, well, if you're doing that, then you can't do this. When I was doing music, I always had a passion for interiors. I still wanted to make our flat look really nice and make my studio look cool and stuff. So I've always really liked it. But I think, yeah, when we bought this flat and it was the first time we got to actually decorate somewhere properly, like bring all the ideas together and how do we make it all work as one thing. And so, yeah, probably when we got this place, really. This place is great. We're Yeah, I'm doing this interview in her actual house and it's super cool. And it's the only door in the corridor that's a colour. (laughs) I was like, like, With a plant outside that's dying, which I really need to get rid of. (laughs) But But yeah, most people are like, I was coming up the stairs and then I knew that that was your flat. I'm like, good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Geometric wallpaper, bold colours, mid-century furniture, with modern furniture as well. Yeah, exactly. It's just a bit of everything. I'm quite eclectic. Like, I can appreciate different things from different times. And I think we probably always stick to a kind of format of... I mean, I say we now because I've pushed this onto my husband so much that now we have basically the same taste. Um, but yeah, we like kind of certain colours, like quite vivid colours. We'll always go for things that have like quite a lot of structure or shape or pattern on yeah. them. Things that are just quite bold, I suppose. Like nothing's really soft and whimsy. It's all yeah. like, well, that's a statement, that's a statement, that's a statement. Yeah. Um, I don't know what I'm trying to say. With yeah, I was like, statements. what are those statements? <laughs> They're just kind of there to keep your eyes interested, I suppose. Well, I guess it's also a statement of, well, I can like this and that's all that matters, really. Yeah, right? I think, like, whenever I'm decorating, I always think what would be weird to people and how can I then make it cool so like in here obviously like a pink ceiling when I said to Jason oh let's paint the ceiling lipstick pink he was like why that's just going to be weird and I was like yeah but it might just work it might be cool and it's easy enough to change if it doesn't work yeah I just like doing things that are unexpected you know someone will sit and go oh I never thought of doing a pink ceiling but actually it really works and you've done it so now I might try it I like that idea of doing something unexpected but not because oh I get all the glory for it being great but more like if it encourages someone else to try something a bit different and not just be really boring with their design or with their business or whatever then then I'm excited to try and get someone to try something new yeah that must feel really good yeah. do you ever run into judgment or people who don't get what you're doing or not really yeah. and I think the thing with my brand both across interiors personally online and mm. with the noble business school is that I'm so kind of outspoken and I'm so steadfast in whatever, not in a stubborn way, but like if I believe in something, I'm going to go all in on it. That I think people, the people that, how do I put this? The people that are like the naysayers or want to have a little moan or whatever, they Mm. just go elsewhere. Like they go to pick on people that, are a bit wishy-washy and like would care what they think yeah whereas I'm just kind of like well that's fine like it's just not for you then is it so like go and find someone where it is for you I think that's what's so great about you and what you do personally but also with your business because Mm. you're so straight up and you're actually really known for your 
well, no bullshit yeah. approach to business and life and yeah. everything that you do. Yeah. I kind of so. just like to tell it how it is. I don't know. I think there's a lot of people putting up kind of facades or like, oh, I shouldn't say this because it's going to sacrifice my relationship with this brand or all this stuff. And I just think, I don't know, I trust in my own ability to go beyond that. So I just kind of say whatever. And I'm like, well, if that brand drops off or that person doesn't want to work with me anymore, that's fine. I read somewhere that you you said that you always wanted to be an entrepreneur yeah I didn't even know what an entrepreneur was when I was a kid I didn't know it no I didn't know it then but I think there's certain traits that make an entrepreneur and one of them is you want to do everything your way yeah you're not good at probably following orders or or, or listening to authority I think is probably those those are some of the traits yeah um, I think also just having lots of ideas, but sort of following through on the ideas, being able to execute ideas. And the main thing I think really is just not worrying what anyone thinks of you and kind of just getting on with it. And if you can see the bigger picture, I think for me, the challenge and the excitement of entrepreneurship, it, like I always say, it's like a treasure hunt for success. Whatever that is to everyone, it could be just that you've launched a business and people like it. It could be that you've made money. It could be that you get peer recognition, whatever it is for you. It's such a treasure hunt. And I think I just got, I'm so much more excited by that aspect and like, can I do it? That I don't care about, oh, well, if I put this out, someone might think I look like an absolute moron. I just don't care. So I think I've always had that thing of like not really worrying too much what other people think. So what is success for you? <coughs> um, Do you have a really clear idea? Yeah, because over time my idea of success has evolved quite a lot. Okay. So what was it before? And what so it before I would say like, oh, I you know I want to be the CEO of a multi-million pound company, and I walk in and there's all these people in the office and they all work for me, but the office is like really fun and and like you know all that typical stuff that yeah, I think that you see people, on TV probably yeah like building a brand that has yeah. mainstream but I think as I've got older I'm kind of like actually I don't want to go to like an office every day I don't mm-hmm. like that I don't really like the corporate sort of nine to five culture mm-hmm. so why would I want to like create something that adds to that and I kind of want to be able to just like if I want to go and get a facial at like 2 p.m that's fine yeah flexibility of time for sure yeah outside of like that rigid structure and it might be that I would love to look at what does redefining that look like like can you have a huge Mm. multi-million pound brand and company that has all these customers all over the world but you know you don't have an office or or people just work whenever they want or they Mm. work on their laptop for you at home maybe that's how we do it I don't know yeah um do you reevaluate quite frequently or regularly or is it just something that I just notice is it yeah I think it's more that I notice it as things happen or someone will ask you a question or a lot of my friends are experts in different areas and they'll kind of ask me questions of how, well, what do you want in two years or what does this look like to you? Or, you know, we do it to yeah, each other. Yeah, yeah. So I think sometimes it's about, yeah, you just sort of think, oh, yeah, actually, I don't know. I don't want to turn up to an office. I don't want to have to turn up, yeah. like, every day at 9am and put makeup on and, like, put, like, no, I don't want to do that. Yeah. But maybe I could do it like once a week or, you know, so you start to think about it. And in terms of what success is to you, I guess just the more you achieve and the more you get certain things, then you kind of go, well, do I want more of that? Or or was that everything I thought? Or Yeah, totally. I mean, I think for me, 
flexibility and having or basically just being flexible and in control of my own time yeah me and my husband are really grateful for things you know if we both want to go and pick up our daughter from camp like we can or if we want to both take her out for the day or if me and him just go oh should we go and get lunch somewhere we can do that yeah so simple things really and then obviously i want to have millions of pounds There are so many things that I wanted to interject there. And then okay, obviously then. like a shit ton of money that I can't even spend fast enough. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Like obviously well, those actually, are things that, was, that I want. That's one of the things because in Britain everybody's so tight around talking about money. And I noticed one of the things that you do really well and very often is you talk about how many sales you make, how yeah. much money you're making. You ding a bell every time you're, you know, you get um someone <laughs> yeah, goes yeah. on a course. Oh, yeah, I love it. I actually a friend of mine where has is my bell oh it's not there it's not there yeah well I'm glad that you don't have it on today because it'll probably be ringing throughout this whole podcast <laughs> but, but that's one thing I feel like actually by seeing this on your feed and your stories yeah it was like it was normalizing the taboo of but talking that's about it money. isn't that everything though it's like the more you see of something it becomes normal like yeah. the more we see of women in thongs shaking their butts on music <laughs> videos we're like oh it's normal yeah we're like you know 10 years ago Jerry Spice Girls wears a skirt that shows her pants and we're like oh my god (laughs) she showed her pants and now it's like they're literally naked pretty basically naked but it's just become normalized so i don't think people are that comfortable with talking about money i mean i'm I'm awkward talking about it with you now it's like people are more awkward about money talking about money than they are talking about periods yeah or people having sex on tv how is it that you feel so comfortable talking about money uh oh that's a good question I think that's come over time for sure. Mm. Like I definitely used to be one of the people, I wouldn't say like stiff upper lip, but you know, I wouldn't want to talk to like my friends about how much they make. Yeah. I just thought it was a bit uncouth. It's just a typical I think there's British, a lot of shame like, around stupid. money as well. And yeah, class because, systems and like yeah. where you are and... Exactly. People are still really ranked in terms of, I don't know, just status, I suppose, yeah. around money. I think it still makes a big dent on like people thinking that people are going to think a certain way about them or not. Yeah. I think what I've realised is over time that like, we all have so much more to offer than just how much money we have. Yeah. Or don't have. I don't really judge people on that. Have you been treated any differently for having reached some level of quote quote yeah, success? Like, you know, mm. because success to so many people is based on the perceived idea of maybe what someone makes. I think where I have noticed it in a really good way is with my friends and family. So instead of all of us just moaning about how broke we are, people will come to me and be like, what have you done here? Or how do you think I could make more money doing this? You know, if they think that un- someone wants to undercharge them or something, they'll come to me and be like, oh, do you think I should ask for a bit more money and stuff like that? So it's like more positive. So you're kind of like supporting yeah. your extended family and friends. So 100%. you all are living a better Because I just, go around going to them like come on you can make more money like let's do this how can we make you money how can we make you rich how can we do this how can we do that because again it's like that fun treasure hunt because people think it's so hard so then I'm like oh how can we do it if it's that hard how do we do it how do we do it and then you realise it's not actually that difficult it's like a lot about just how you think right because there is (laughs) just to throw a weird one out there no it's as you're saying that there is a definite block at certain points for me personally Mm. sometimes to get through to the next stage, yeah. or the next level of 
seeing money in a different yeah, way exactly. and I don't know how to break through that sometimes I'm aware that it's there and I don't want to admit yeah. that I have it and I think that I've got this imagining being a millionaire but yeah. actually don't know but how that's to do probably it too like, far up. That? that's probably too far away yeah do you know what I mean like I think you have to look to just the next stage the next stage the next stage so say you're right. earning 25k mm-hmm. can you get comfortable with imagining that you could make 35k and someone could probably be like yeah I could see that like that yeah. feels believable it feels doable I could see myself in that position I can imagine like how much just that extra 10 grand a year would help me yeah well that's the first step you just you know it's not like I I tried that whole for years I read the secret and I was like (laughs) I'm gonna be a millionaire I'm gonna be a millionaire just imagine being a millionaire every day it doesn't work it doesn't work like that like even now I sort of say it like I'm half joking because I'm like it still doesn't feel real but does making 300 grand feel real yeah okay yeah so then you know you just work to where the next step is and then once you've done that you go again so what would be a piece of advice that you would maybe give people to actually take a step to be comfortable with the idea of earning more money say 10 or 20 grand more I think like visualization is so much a part of any money I mean anything mindset so what you imagine the actual cash or do you imagine just just what it would feel like what it would feel like like. yeah okay the scenario you know and I think also people have a warped idea of like oh if I had a million pounds what would that be like and I'm like it probably wouldn't be that different like to buy a house in London is probably nearly a million pounds you know there's a lot of people that probably are millionaires because they've got a house and then they have a job yeah. so yeah. so like there's a bit of a warped sense of what the reality of things is yeah. and how actually doable they are but I would be like yeah so say yeah to go back to the example of someone's earning 25 grand a year salary mm. and then they want to get to 35 okay so find some examples of people that you know that earn 35 grand and like what is their lifestyle like and would it be any would yours really be that different to now or would it just mean that you could take one family holiday a year? Okay, so then like think about that and just being able to book that easily and not it not be like a big stress or not having to say to a family like, oh, we can't do that this year. But like to just be like, oh, should we book a holiday? That might be as simple as it, as it is. And then that would give them the impetus to actually maybe start to have different ideas and I think it's work about, harder, all that kind of stuff. Yes, you've got to feel it in your body and imagine what the feeling's like, but then you've got to also actually do some shit as yeah, well. Yeah. Like, you can't well, just be like, okay, I've imagined it and now I wait. Is this the sort of stuff that you teach in the No Bull School or can yeah. you tell me a little bit more about Yeah, what so you do we there? so we started out, the first course I ever did was about blogging because obviously yep. that's what, I had had this kind of quick success with yeah in the sense of you know I got fired from my full-time job that so I what, wasn't, you, what kind of job was uh, it it was kind of online tech okay uh, marketing businessy sort oh, of stuff okay, right so I was kind of in the tech startup world for like a couple of years two or three years and you did music before that uh oh I've done millions of things interesting yeah yeah I wanted I basically wanted to be a producer at first because I wanted to be unexpected and I was like well girls don't produce beats like girls are always the singers so I want to be the Timberland (laughs) but then I did end up having to do the vocals because I didn't know anyone that could do vocals um so I did music then I started a business with my friend like a makeup artist agency type thing yeah um we did that for a little while and then I went and worked in a marketing agency and then I'd done like because you know when you're a creative person 
and you're trying to make ends meet, you do everything. Yeah. So I'd been doing youth work, like teaching kids in gangs, like how to make beats oh. and how to like record and stuff like that. So yes, yeah, so it's just like very, very varied work history. But yeah, then I did marketing agency. Then I had my daughter. Then I went. Very you were quite young when you had your daughter. Then. No, I was twenty-seven. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Then I sort of. Um, How long have you and Jason been together? Uh, fourteen years. Wow. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Amazing. So, well, fourteen years married, so about fifteen years together. Oh wow! Yeah. You got married after one year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was nineteen, what? so that was fun. Wow. Yeah. How has that been like? Have you seen the relationship? Has it sort of changed? Or no, like, I think it like or? we're both quite similar. I think, well, Jason's been the same the whole way through. I think I probably had more of a growing up curve to do. Right. Like, whereas even when I met him, he was very independent. And, you know, he comes from Tanzania. So he was already in London, like on his own, independent, not relying on his parents for things and yeah. stuff. Whereas I think I had more of a... I'm still a kid, I'm doing music, I want to do all this crazy <laughs> stuff, like, I want to go out every night. How was he with all of your different, you know, Just, pursuits? Oh, I mean, you can go and get him and ask him. <laughs> Maybe we'll bring him in. Yeah, you should. T- but he waffles, don't get okay. me. <laughs> Uh, like, yeah he's always been incredibly supportive whatever I've wanted to do so when I was doing music you know he would pay the rent because I had like no money and it's always just I think he's like this the steady rock and yeah. I'm like the okay let's go and do this let's go and do this but luckily I've sort of proved to him time and time again that whatever I get excited by I can make it make sense and so he can... believes in you yeah, yeah. I think so I mean, yeah. again, you'd have to ask him, but yeah, I think so. I think especially now, because we work together now. I was going to ask yeah. if you guys work on that. So I yeah. started the Noble Business School about four years ago, and I was mainly doing interiors, and I was just kind of doing that on the side here and there. And then over time, it just, I was like, I'm really excited by this. I really mm. love what people are getting out of it. And I love, mm. like, the feedback. And I love that I'm helping women in business. And yeah. so I kind of kept, like, growing it and growing it. And then it got to a point where I was like, you know, I think, Jay, you should just quit your job. And, like, we can do this together. And I think it took him a long time to believe, to be like, are you sure you're not just going to go and, like, suddenly then want to be a hairstylist or, <laughs> like, you know, whatever next? <laughs> but, yeah, I think I've proven to him now that if I'm serious about something, I can make it work for yeah. us. So we've been working together now for nearly two years. So wow. What does Jason do in the business? Jason is kind of like again holding everything together. So yeah. he will do all the legal paperwork, dealing oh, with clients. Such a good yeah, thing for a creative. Yeah, accountant. <laughs> Basically, all the dealing with people that I'm terrible at. Dealing with clients, I'm terrible. Like it's like don't put me next to a client because I'll say the wrong thing or I'll like you know. Are you talking? About about sort of influencer stuff or yeah um, interior stuff or yeah both like stuff. yeah it will with no ball we don't have to deal with no that's <laughs> we yeah, don't yeah, have to deal like... with anyone which is why i love it we just deal with our customers and our students who are amazing but yeah so he kind of is more i guess like the professional backbone in the business and then i'm okay. kind of like i have the vision of what we want to do next and what's good for my like from a marketing perspective right i understand the customer and all that kind of thing so oh. we're a good team because yeah. we're just very chalk and cheese but it kind of works so does he do all of your filming and stuff or um we sort of do you have a team of people yeah we have sort of around three um freelancers that work 
for us on a sort of they work at home like a regular basis though. yeah regular yeah. basis they work yeah. at home we'll meet up blah 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 um then we have like a couple of other people that we like outsource certain things to yeah it's cool because i see you guys as your image online is very much husband and wife and yeah. you still like seem super passionate about each other and about yeah. what you guys are doing and i just wondered he's you just know so what's his chill. motivation but he's it like, makes sense now that he's like guys are doing it the together. um he just calls me down because I think yeah. if I didn't have Jason, I would be very like... I get a lot of people ask me if I'm ADHD and I'm like, I'm not. <laughs> but I think because I'm so... Let's do this, yeah, let's do yeah. this, let's do this. Oh my I'm God, this is so like exciting. Oh, Jason, yeah. I've had another idea for a business and tomorrow we're going to make Bitcoin things. And he's just like, mm, how about you just carry on with what you're doing now and <laughs> let's do this properly. He's definitely taught me to be better at following things through to the end and right. like doing it properly and dotting all the I's, crossing all the Tease, mm. have I made sure that customers had the best experience because me just getting excited about the next thing is not always good for everyone else right but then sometimes I have to push back and be like no 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 like this is going to be really good <laughs> So well, you kind of I think you'll get an you'll have an intuition about that as well. Yeah. Yeah, like right? I'm definitely more innovative and more the visionary of where I see this going, what mm. I see it being. And then Jace will make sure that I do it to the best that I can do it. Yeah. That sounds really nice. Yeah, it's really good. But then obviously yeah. we disagree on things sometimes and we're just like, you know, if I'm really excited about doing bloody Noble Business School mugs and Jason's yeah. like, can you just chill? we need to pay everyone first before we go and do a load of random other stuff <laughs> and then I'm like okay fine but you know yeah. we do have conflict because we have different ideas but so when you are in conflict how do you resolve that <sighs> I think I've got quite self-aware of myself to the point where I can know when I'm being a bit pushy or mm. if I... Because he's so, so straightforward and so sensible. And actually what I've learned over time is usually the sensible way of doing things is the right way. You know, sometimes, yeah, yeah you can throw a bit of crazy into an idea, but just... Yeah. You know, this idea of being a crazy creative genius mm. isn't actually all it's cracked up to be. I think a mm. lot of the time people just want you to be reliable. They want to know what, that you're going to deliver what you've said you're yeah. going to deliver. They want to know that if you say you're going to be here at a certain time, you're going to be there. Yeah. So I think a lot of the time I'm kind of like, he is right. He's just trying to get me to do it properly. Um, and that's a lot A lot of creatives find actually implementing their ideas and, and whatever they crazy things that they want to do quite mm. hard. You know, yeah, like you said, sort of they seem sort of ADHD but they're not it's just because they have so many different ideas well yeah like my worst time. fear in life like, obviously other than like people mm. I love dying is like yeah, me too is that you know I'm not going to get to do all the ideas that I've got <laughs> that's literally like what yeah. you know people are like what keeps you up at night and I'm like I've got an idea and I haven't got time to do it that's what's going to oh, drive yeah. me insane like you know when people yeah. are like oh you'll be on your deathbed worrying that you didn't do this and I'll be like I'll be on my deathbed going why didn't I create that multicoloured tracksuit line? Because it was a really good idea and I just didn't have the time to do it. All those mugs. Yeah, the mugs. No, the mugs are coming. The mugs okay, are coming. Okay. So well, yeah, don't yeah, worry about you that. You heard it here first. <laughs> Actually, one question I was wondering was, is there anything in your life that you've had to really resist? That is a really good question. Like what? What have other people said? Well, you what know, your like, example be? Well, one could be as simple as like resisting other people's opinions that you shouldn't go and do something different. I mean, but yeah. that's not very relatable to you because you don't give a shit about what no. other people think. <laughs> that is literally like one of the best questions I've ever been asked. I think 
when Jason and I first got married, I would say like the first five years of being married, imagining that I was 19 to 24. And you think about what most 19 to 24 year olds want to do. Yeah. You want to go out all night, party all night, get drunk, take drugs, be irresponsible, basically. Yeah. And there was definitely a real urge to do that. And I definitely did do that for quite, you know, probably too long, really. And I think there was a point where Jason was like, you need to just stop doing this or we shouldn't be together anymore. Because it's just not his vibe. Like, that's not how yeah. he is. We would have fun and go out together and stuff, but he's not like... I I go... Yeah I, do, yeah, I was just like, I want to do this every day. <laughs> no responsibilities ever. And I think having to make... I wouldn't say I had to resist it because it was more just like a bit of a like, oh, someone's actually holding me accountable because yeah. my parents just sort of let me do whatever I wanted when I was younger. So yeah, I think like having someone in my life who's like, no, you need to just grow up and stop being such a dick, basically. <laughs> yes. So I stopped doing that then. I guess give, like giving you something to think about and so you can make a choice over what's yeah. important to you. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was wanted. like about like resisting, like, oh, now I've got to resist that lifestyle. Yeah. It was more just like I'd never had someone hold me properly accountable as a as an actual adult yeah and be like you can't just keep pissing around like where's that gonna go and to then make that choice but sort of be okay with the choice and since then I've been really proud of who I've become because you know I'm like a responsible adult and like a lot of people look to me for advice or for like leadership kind of thing and like I wouldn't have been able to do that while I was drunk on the and like on the I street. mean a lot of people that I know that are still in the music industry that's yeah. still the lifestyle and I'm like oh shit you guys are in your 40s and yeah. this is still happening so I'm kind of like thank god he did that because making that decision at that age I think has really shaped who I've become and what what I've been able to do that's so incredible. he basically has all the credit <laughs> like otherwise I'd just be probably a drunk mess <laughs> Sounds like it was Could fun. be a whole different Sarah. <laughs> it's quite interesting, actually, because there's a real strong connection to your masculine mm-hmm. uh, counterpart. Mm-hmm. And it's quite surprising to me because... You would think, oh, strong, independent women doesn't need that. Yeah, or maybe the outside society, the eyes of society kind of think that of business women. That's why oh, we're seen they? as like bitches and bossy and all these negative connotations. But, you know, but also you're the first, we're the first people to give credit to the men. Yeah, because that is, with that, because we've gone beyond the point of like shoulder pads and like, I can do it on my yeah. own. It's like, I, th- I just think that's a more... I think that's more just like a societal shift. I think if you interviewed successful men now, I think they would be a lot more... And obviously there's men that are male partners and women that are women partners. Mm. But like, if you're looking at traditional male-female partners and stereotypes, I think even if you interviewed successful men now, I think I've started to hear a lot more men give credit to their wives or their partners you know because Mm. at the end of the day if you have someone who's basically taking over not taking over the role or you're sharing the role or the woman is raising the children and staying at home Mm. and not having a career of her own Mm. you know you have to give credit to that because you wouldn't be able to have your career if you if you want those things then someone's got to look after the kids haven't they yeah same way like jason does a lot of the childcare on our side and i'm like if he didn't do that i wouldn't be able to do all 
the things that I do. Yeah. If we were to sit here and this interview runs over and it's too late to get Molly, yeah. he's not like, Sarah, you need to go and get Molly. He'll just go and get her. Yeah. But do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like silly things like that where, and that's, I guess, the privilege that men have been in for so long. It's like, oh, the women will take care of it. The women will take care. A traditional yeah. man, if a woman went, I'm going on holiday, I'm leaving you with the three kids, they yeah. would be, you know, the house would be upside down. That's me. <laughs> there's a yeah there's a lot of things you know he's super tidy super clean i'm yeah. messy everywhere whereas all my female friends that is so funny because all the things that my female friends complain to me about their husbands i'm literally sitting there and i'm like that's me Shit. <laughs> that's literally and i'm like taking notes like don't leave the cups <laughs> out don't leave a wet towel all the things that they moan about is basically me but I think just generally, like, people just giving more credit to each other and it's less of this whole, like, well, oh, I did it all on my own. It's like, mm. you can't really... You you could do it all on your own if you were literally single and independent, yeah. but if you want to have things like have a family and stuff mm. like that, then you can't really, you know... There's got to be an element of teamwork, right? And, yeah, and even if you're a single you, parent. Like, yeah, otherwise this resentment yeah. comes up. So I think it's nice to see just like, you know, I've seen a lot of interviews with male founders that do really well and are multi-millionaires, billionaires mm-hmm. even, and they're all giving credit to their partners as well. Yeah. So I think maybe we're just all finally like being a bit nicer to each other. Or oh, here's hoping. <laughs> giving <laughs> I don't bit, know. <laughs> giving a bit of gratitude, you know. Yeah. So, so you're, you're about to have another baby. Yeah. How do you see that working in your business? Like, People keep asking us this and I don't even think we've thought about it. We're well, just maybe that's a good like, thing. Well, you know, we'll have the baby and then we'll come home and then we'll just carry on working. I don't know. We both work at home. We work on our computers. We have so much flexibility of time and freedom and we don't have to both be working at the same time. Like I like working at night. Jason will switch off as soon as it's six. Right. So there's, uh, I think we can really tag team quite well on it. Yeah. And I think obviously we're not going to be able to sit and work on the same things at the same time yeah. as much, but we sort of rarely do that anyway. So I think we'll just sort of take it in turns. It might be like, okay, today I need to really like knuckle down and work. And I imagine that Jason will probably end up doing quite a lot of it as well. Mm-hmm. Do you spend time because like, because there's a lot of, from what I'm sort of seeing and hearing from you is that there's a lot of t- work and a lot of stuff that's focused around family mm. and business is there an importance in connecting like do you take time to like oh, really the two of us together yeah i say this to him all the time like, he's an extrovert he needs to go and see friends and get he gets energy from outside sources and people yeah. whereas i'm a complete introvert and i can literally sit at home all day and i'm like i feel so charged <laughs> like i'm ready to go <laughs> so we talk quite a lot about that because he'll be like but we spend so much time together and I'm like yeah but we're just passing around yeah you know we're passing and we're both working so we have got a good compromise of we'll try and do a really good date night once a month we started really finding really cool stuff to do and go out and do a date night once a month I think especially when you have kids it's really important um Mm. but little things like yeah we'll just some days just be like should we just go and get lunch and we'll go out together and have lunch and obviously we're not really working so yeah I think also we do like some days we're really boring and we're just sitting quietly working and then other days we're sort of in a jokey mood where we're just taking the piss out of each other and winding each other up and stuff so it just depends on the day but I think considering how much time we spend together which is great for me but Jason's like oh my god I need to get away like give me a break (laughs) um 
in a good way. But you do take that time to really connect just you guys without the work stuff, the work bubble. Yeah, but you know, work is part of our life and mm. it's fun and we love it. So it's not yeah. like we're trying to be like, okay, phones down, don't look at any emails. You it's know, all one of the same. Yeah, if we were out, yeah. we were like out at a date thing the other night, like we went to a jazz club. Yeah, like halfway through, I'll probably be like, oh, I've been thinking about this for the business. Like, what do you think? But like that's... And is he okay? Like, is he receptive yeah. to that? Because yeah. it's, you know, we're connecting. I'm like, I need his opinion and I want to know what his advice would be, like, even just yeah. as a mate. You yeah. Know? yeah. I would still, if I went for dinner with my mum or my dad or mm. a friend, I'd probably still ask them these questions because you rely on their opinion and you trust them. And Yeah. So it's yeah. not so black and white. It's like work, play. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what's most enjoyable about having a lifestyle yeah. that is what you have. Yeah. What do you think the key problem is that is holding women back from doing what they love? I think it is, well, from what I've seen from all my students, is always lack of confidence. Mm. And the lack of confidence comes from fear of judgment, which for me is just completely mental, but seems to affect everyone else. So I'm going to keep trying to work out why. <laughs> yeah, so your noble school tackles that and, and there are programs that they can work through. Is yeah, that right? we did. Yeah. We actually did one. My mum's a counsellor. So oh, yeah. we actually did one course. Uh, we launched it last year. We'll run it again this year, the mm. Academy. And it was basically a how to start your business. And I taught the technical kind of like, well, you need to do these things. And then my mum was like, this is how you're going to feel doing something for yourself the first time and putting yourself out there yeah so we sort of tag teamed on it and that was quite cool um great but yeah i think just in everything that i do i think this whole be confident don't care what anyone think is really weaved into it Mm. but you know it's not just from my mum who is a counselor and understands all the psychology of it Mm. it's not just as easy as saying to someone don't worry what people think exactly that's never going to get you anywhere super hard putting that into action yeah What are some of the biggest lies about business that you've been told? I would say the thing that I find really annoying that a lot of business gurus and like a lot of entrepreneurs do, you know, someone like Gary Vee or whoever is like the perfect example, just this thing of like, you've got to be a non-stop hustler. If you're not sacrificing everything for this, you don't really want it. You know, mm. you, you say goodbye to your friends and like dinners with your friends. Everything's got to be all into this business and like, <laughs> you got to sleep on the couch. Like, you shouldn't be spending money on rent. And I'm just like, dude, that works for guys. That works for men men who have no responsibility and no attachments that is not how women want to live we're sociable emotional people we need friends we need support we don't want to give up what we want out of life and our lifestyle choices Mm. because we have a business and i just don't think that they're mutually exclusive i think you can be starting a business and still go and have a facial if you want to have a facial (laughs) or like have a nice house and like pay a decent rent that's okay i don't like that whole thing of you must sacrifice everything to have a business and if you don't you're not a real entrepreneur i just think that's some silicone valley bullshit yeah that's a good point yeah and it's very masculine because men have never had to worry about these sort of things yeah true (laughs) no true so what do you found to be things that annoyingly have proved to me to be true yeah are things like cash flow is king which (laughs) i'm just like oh god what a cliche but it's so true if you haven't got money coming in nothing's gonna happen you're gonna lose your business 
that whole idea of like you know what's really a business and what's a hobby Mm -hmm. and sort of people kidding themselves into thinking that they are a business owner but Mm -hmm. actually what they're doing is probably losing the money yeah or you know it's a nice to do but actually there's no one out there that really needs it or wants (laughs) it yeah I think like those things and they kind of sadden me to say but they are kind of true it's all very well like you sitting at home making flower bouquets that are knitted (laughs) i don't that's not a real business by the way i'm sure someone's doing it but you know if like no one wants if no one's like really going oh this is what i need you don't have a business so true unless some niche somewhere is buying it i think women again can have a bit of an unrealistic like oh i'm a business owner Mm. and then i'm kind of like how you know do you know how many sales you've made do you know how Mm. much money you've made this month or how much money you've lost and there's no like there's not even a notebook with it written down it's just oh well i've got an etsy account and i'm like yeah that's nice but you you know if you want to leave your job you need to get serious Yeah, that's good. That's actually good advice and something to really think about. Yeah. Because there are a lot of people who are doing, having, they've still got a full-time job and they've got a hobby and it's trying to weigh up when do you mm, take go, the leap. Yeah, take that mm. leap and pursue that but also with the knowledge that you're going to be letting go of all that financial security yeah. necessarily yeah so yeah i'm not a very good example of that like an idea in my head yeah, and like, like you I if i want to go for it do it <laughs> there's something in that people often ask me that they're kind of like should i just quit and even two years ago i would have been like yep just quit because then when your back's against the wall you're going to find a way to make money two years on more into business with more experience do i think that's true no i just think people are going to get depressed and sad and not have any money and it's going to hit on their confidence and when it hits your confidence like that you can't do anything productive because you're so stressed about money or so stressed about Mm. your living situation or whatever if you've got something around you that can hold you and you know if you've got a partner that can cover you for a few months Mm. or you know you can stay at home with your parents or like whatever there may be but you know everyone's situation is completely different do you not think that the fire in the belly of having to either sink or swim could but i think that depends on the person Right. So some people, yeah, shove them against the wall and they're either going to fucking knee you in the nuts and, get, and like, go and do really well. Yeah. <laughs> or they're going to completely go, oh, I can't do this, and just yeah. crumple. And then yeah. if you've already left your job by that point and you've got nothing and now, you you know, your back's against the wall and you yeah. can't fight your way out of it. That has a bigger effect on you mentally than yeah. it does. Yeah, completely. Um, so much of all yeah. of this is, like, mindset and how strong you feel. Totally. And Do you ever get overwhelmed or feel anxious about anything? I get, I, I get overwhelmed with, like, the amount of things that I need to complete in so, a space of time, yeah. So how do you combat that? How do you I just that? get on with it. <laughs> do you write lists? Or yeah, 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 like li- lists list. and... Okay. But just also, I don't wallow in it and start being like, oh, God, I've got so much to do. Like, I'll have a little moan to Jason. I'll be like, I've got so fucking much to do. But, you know, then I just start banging it out. And I'm really good at holding myself really accountable. I think mm. that's really important as well. I think a lot of women are very like, oh, well, I can do it if I have a coach who's going to coach me through every week of mm. this. And it's like, but you're not going to have that forever. You need to, like, really get good at holding yourself accountable. Mm. And I think I don't let myself slack off if I know I've got stuff to do I just get on with it get on with it get on with it get on with it until it's done because for me the peaceful feeling comes when it's done (laughs) so I'm kind of like let's just 
to go out you're striving for that because then i then you know people like take some time off relax i'm like what's relaxing to me is working i want to get the jobs done because that relaxes me because then it's one thing off the list another thing off the list that's a nice feeling it's a productive feeling i feel like i've done good work you're addicted to that buzz yeah i love it like (laughs) i want to zen (laughs) yeah like i want to do good work and if i went and took half an hour out and went and sat down and meditated i would that i don't find that Mm. relaxing Mm. what i find relaxing is doing the work and in five years time i'll probably be like oh my god I was a psychopath but (laughs) it's how I feel now so (laughs) is balance important to you I think it is in terms of like overall like your overall life like if you feel like overall in your life for three years you've just been working and you've not had a chance to like hang out with your kids then Mm. of course that's going to be weird Mm. but like I just think life goes through cycles we're in a cycle right now you know we're having a baby we're moving house Mm. we're doing new things in the business then we got this like it's very very work intense at the moment but we love it so it's fine yeah you know and then there'll be quiet periods and we've just kind of like learn to ride with it or when we're not launching stuff or when we're not trying to do new stuff well Mm. let's just spend more time together as a family let's just enjoy Mm. it let's go on holiday so it's more i think balance is overall important and long-term important but it's not necessarily important every day or every week that you have balance that's a really good perspective if you start to feel like you're out of balance and you Mm. feel like you're missing something Mm. then of course then you need to like try and pull it back the other way Mm. if i was like oh my god i've been working flat out for two weeks i'm knackered and i'm getting stressy and whatever then i'd be like yeah maybe i do need to just go and have a spa day or just go and get a massage or go and see a friend for dinner yeah but if you don't feel like you're out of whack then just ride it just go with whatever's happening at the time oh that's really cool So do you have any personal goals or anything that you want to achieve in your personal life or internally? Uh, I definitely want to be more tidy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's legit. (laughs) More tidy. Because I know that it's important to Jason. And Mm -hmm. as much as it might be silly to me... I know that it's important to him so I do want to get better at that because he gives so much to me and he sacrifices so much for like the things that I do that I'm like I feel like I should do something back Mm -hmm. um and it's really hard for me to learn how to do so it's a good challenge yeah um and then definitely at the moment it's just constantly working out three times a week consistently because I started out I mean for 30 years I did no exercise then I started and I would do one session a week and I sort of consistently did that then I would start then I started doing two and I could consistently do that and now I've gone from two to three and that change from two to three has been quite difficult because it feels like you're constantly working out like when is there time for anything else especially if you don't like the actual workout well I do like it but I find it's like you know then you get sweaty then I've got a shower and wash my hair and then I've left lost time of the day Mm -hmm. that I could be working this is how I was thinking so I need to set up a treadmill with a laptop on it and then I'll be fine I can get a computer that can like read my thoughts Um, I wish. So, yeah, so that's definitely something I want to achieve. And, I mean, my diet, I wouldn't say it's bad. I definitely still love so much sugary stuff. Carbs, you know. And if it's baked or, like, a biscuit, I'm all over it. I want to get better at not eating those things so much. Yeah. And eating a more varied, healthy diet. But that, for me, is, like, I think that's just going to be, like, a lifelong mission. I get so many people worry about procrastination as well. Procrastination is just another form of 
and fear, you need to get more obsessed with and excited about what you can achieve or what the thing is that you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And it's got to be so, so, so strong that it overrides all the other, like, I don't want to do it or should mm-hmm. I do it today? Mm-hmm. It's got to override all that. But also maybe a bit of persistence. Like when I started working out, I hated it. Yeah. And I would do my one session a week and I did that for like six weeks and then I stopped for ages and I sort of decided to go back. And then it's only now, and I'm that's probably like two and a half years mm-hmm. later, that I'm like, if I work, go a week without working out, I, don't, I feel like a bad person. Yeah. Like I don't like it. And it's connected to your confidence. Well, and it gives me energy and it like mm. makes me feel good as a person because yeah. I'm like, yes, I've done that. I feel good and about myself. And you're keeping myself. your word to yourself yeah, keep, that you yeah, wanted to very, do that because I think that, and that's what I mean by, yeah, I think it's connected to very, confidence. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Because I think, you know, I know a lot of people that say they're always doing these things and then I'm like, yeah, ever going to do that? Two weeks, you're never yeah. going to, you're not even going to go through two weeks. Yeah. And then I think, well, yeah, if you're, if you're constantly letting yourself down like that, how do you trust anyone else to ever come through for you how are you ever going to believe in yourself that you can achieve anything if you can't even set a very simple thing that you're going to do for like a week or two weeks and you can't even do that yeah i've only just recently realized that because i think that when you don't keep your word to yourself it's not that you go oh i'm like you go i'm a shit person or i feel guilty about it but you don't say those words it's all this sort of quiet voice that you don't even know that's almost subliminal yeah and then you find that you aren't confident when you go out in public because you feel like a fraud or all that kind of stuff because you basically let yourself be a loser And you feel bad about it. You feel guilty about it. But at the same time, you've enjoyed being a loser because it's kind of like you're like, I would just rather sit on the sofa and eat crisps. Well, because you've got a really rebellious side to you. Mm. So, yeah, I do. I think I've got to the point where I'm like, I'm more obsessed with leading by example and being someone that people go, you know, that's why I think I've stuck so badly to like working out while being heavily pregnant because I'm just like, of course yeah. I don't want to do it. Some days I do actually, but yeah. there's a lot of days where I'm just like, I've got a headache, I just want to sit on the sofa and I'm pregnant so I've even got an excuse. Yeah. And it's like, well, no. So if I can get through this and do this and show to people, look, if I'm bloody eight months pregnant and I'm lifting a weight what exactly is your excuse so i think i've got more obsessed with that like there's more almost in it for me to gain by doing it because not only am i doing it and it's good for me but it's good for other people and it's almost like i've sort of proved something yeah and something to prove i've always got something to prove (laughs) (laughs) that's good yeah i mean we're all better for it because i guess with your platform and your business you have a responsibility to the people who are believing and trusting in you yeah and but i do think that also sometimes women do need a bit of a kick up the bum and it's like just Mm. stop slacking like stop letting all these things get Mm. in the way because you will get to the end of your life and you will be like i didn't do these things and the only reason you'll be able to say is because either you were being lazy or because you were worried about what other people would think and it's just so silly and pointless that i'm just kind of like come on don't don't waste it let's just get on with it yeah that's brilliant well thanks drop mic (laughs) so what are three must-have interior pieces that you would recommend for someone to have in their flat or their home so i would say the first thing is a really good sofa because we sit on them all the time and you know you want one that's really cozy and like 
deep enough to just relax i think it's nice to have a good sofa yeah a really good mattress again we spend so much time in bed and you want to then if at the end of the day like you fall into bed you don't want your mattress hanging you in the back or something so like eve mattresses are amazing mm-hmm. and then i think artwork i think mm. you know you can do so much even in a room that's painted completely white if you pick out great artwork that you love and is your style that's gonna always make a place look cool what are three places that we might not know of that you think of great affordable interior stuff like the ones that you just mentioned ebay is just again i'm such a treasure hunt person (laughs) this is why i love antiques and stuff because i'm like i'm everything i'm about the like the hunt to get it so i think ebay is just really cool because you can just find some great stuff on there that's like really you know especially like if you're into vintage and antiques Mm -hmm. and things like lighting or yeah curtain material that's discontinued Mm -hmm. or whatever like you can just do some really cool stuff so okay so ebay ebay is just my did you do oh you did it i did do an ad for ebay ebay. that wasn't this isn't part of an ad by the way so what might be three tips for someone who's thinking about starting their own brand or business oh god where do i begin okay like the three most important that you think just one is to test your idea actually work out if there is a real market for this or this is just some mental idea in your head that you're like Mm -hmm. this is going to be great and everyone needs it and everyone wants it but if they don't know that they need it or want it you aren't going to have a business so do you mean by test could that be telling a bunch of friends and asking them what they think no because your friends are just going to go oh great idea yeah no you need to go and test it on people that like literally don't know you Mm -hmm. so you need you know go and make a bunch of the product and hire a market store mm-hmm. and see if anyone buys it see, see what price they want to buy it mm-hmm. at or make a website and start running ads to the website and see if anyone buys anything mm-hmm. i'm talking like actually get cold hard cash out of people yeah i would say that's the first thing and i would say it's the first mistake that people make the second thing i would say is really be serious about it from the beginning so get all your finances in order get an accountant work out how many things you need to sell each month do a a sales projection and all that kind of stuff don't think oh i'll do that later if you do it from the beginning you're taking your business seriously from the beginning and it's got more chance of doing well Um, And then the third thing I would say is just be really clear about what you do and who you do it for and be consistent with that message. Don't do one thing one day and then change it or try and appeal to everyone. That's awesome. Cool. Yeah. Oh, thanks so much for coming on this show and I hope you had a good time. Yeah, it was a really good (laughs) chat. I loved it. So where can people find you if they want to follow you and see more of what you do? Yeah, I would say the best place to start is always Instagram at Sarah or at noble school and then obviously it's noblebusinessschool.com if you want to find out more about the courses or what we offer but instagram's a good place cool i'll put them on the show notes as well so if anybody wants to get those links people can go and follow you and see how awesome, awesome you are and all the great stuff that you're putting out into the world i think it's, uh, it's really great to see and that you're out there doing it yeah yeah and i've seen it in the flesh yeah no, there you go welcome Amazing. to the cool. 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 all right Thanks again to global brand Eastpac for sponsoring this episode supporting kick-ass women doing what they love to do. If you were inspired or learned something or want to find out more, head over to thegirlinthecafe.co.uk forward slash podcast where you'll be able to link to everything. Please be sure to subscribe, share and leave a review on iTunes because it helps this podcast's ranking so that more people can learn and enjoy the contents of this show. 
Have an awesome week, guys, and I'll be here with a coffee in hand to have more insightful conversations with my next inspiring guest.